We could just start a metal band instead of recording this episode. Yeah, fuck yeah. Just riff out. <laughs> We're riff lords. Yeah! Our first album's called Songs to Fuck To. The opposite of The Cure. Mm-hmm. The Cure for Sex. Is that what this band name is short for? <laughs> what is uh We need like a good uh, whole subcategory, which is probably so many bands we cover on this podcast. A subcategory? Category of uh, bands that you would never get laid to. I'm sure people have had sex to The Cure. Oh, God. You think they're crying? Is it like a crying sex? Oh, my God. I love you. No, I love you. Definitely more people have jacked off while crying and listening to The Cure than have had sex. Way more, yes. Tears yes, as lube. Yes. yes, 100%. I've been jacking so long to these <laughs> pictures of you. Oh, shit. What if that song is actually about that? Right off the bat, so we can weed out all the lightweights, I think we should establish that the Adam Sandler song from Wedding Singer, Making Fun of The Cure, is better than anything that The Cure has ever recorded. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. Remember that song? Yes, I do. Yeah, it's a banger. It's fucking good. Does Adam Sandler like have a thing for the Cure? Because obviously, you know, the Fifty First Dates, which is also oddly an Adam Sandler movie. Oddly, with the the, uh, the, oh, that also has a Cure song on the soundtrack. Yeah, I thought you were saying it was just weird that he got to make another movie, which has that incredible Three Eleven cover in it. One of the worst covers of all time. I pressed play on that for this, thinking that it would be funny, and then we could joke about it being better than the original. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like they slowed the tempo down. Which, by the way, if there is another ska band out there who would like to get on our good side. I feel confident that Mark and I would both appreciate a full cover of the whole Disintegration album from a ska band, but don't do what 311 did and like do it at the same tempo or slower. Speed it up. How do you do it slower? I don't know. It's pretty fucking hard to take a slow song. Speed it up and then your horn section, you're going to use the shit out of them and uh, listen for... The fake, the synthesizer horns on the song Last Dance. That should be enough to get you started. I would love to have this happen. Um, what was the band that I found that I sent you? Was it The Curesome? Yes. Where it's some yes. dude doing Burzum. cure songs in the style of Burzum. Yeah. That shit smokes The Cure. Yeah. It's kind of like the Smithsfits thing where the Smithsfits does cure and, or sorry, uh, Smiths and Misfits songs yeah. and, like mashed up. And it's better than both of those bands put together. It's funny because so many of my friends joke about doing shit like that. And I love it when people actually do it. Follow through. Yeah. Do it. like, dude, let's do a black metal cure band. And like, they actually do it. But then what you shouldn't do is something that the cure does, which is play four hour concerts. That reminds me. I was going to say, I assume that you've been to a cure concert. Yes. I saw them at riot fest because I was at riot. Fest. Uh, one so year. it wasn't a straight cure concert. No, but it was, I think they still played for two hours or something like that. And the thing is, the cure is really fucking boring and really fucking depressing. So, okay, if it's one thing to see if you're like, I'm going to see the cure, like this is the cure headlining show, you know, like you got your tissues ready, ready to start crying at any time and whatever, because you're, you know, your baby. But uh, when you go to see the cure at a festival, it's brutal because... Throughout the day, you've seen other bands that maybe make you feel happy 
or whatever. And then you finalize your entire <laughs> night and you're probably stoned or tripping your balls off with the saddest band in existence. Y'all having fun? Get ready to stop. We're about to make you fucking sad. Thing is, is like, there's none of that anyways. The Cure just walks out oh, yeah, and starts he playing talk. sad songs, doesn't say shit. If anything, he just probably, I'm trying to remember, he probably just said something like, thank you. <laughs> We've got to talk about Robert Smith's whole look, right? I mean, it's not like this dude just looked this way and he can't help it. We're talking at least an hour of work before he goes outside to make oh, sure shit. he looks like this. I don't know if you've seen a picture of him lately, but we're at the point where homie should consider stopping, just brushing it, just like comb it back. Maybe, yeah. maybe try a wet look on for yeah. size. One of my favorite things about Robert Smith as a person is this guy hates it when people call the cure a goth band. Mm. And he claims to not even enjoy listening to the big bands typically associated with goth, but he was literally a member of Susie and the Banshees, and there's just no chance that he wasn't studying Bauhaus and Joy Division like a Bible from the very beginning of The Cure's existence. Mm -hmm. Listen to Joy Division's Warsaw before listening to the song Killing an Arab. Listen to Joy Division's Unknown Pleasures album and Susie's albums before listening to the 17 Seconds or Faith albums. Listen to Atrocity Exhibition from Closer before listening to the Cure song Pornography. This is not hard. Why do you, I, it's, it's perplexing to me when people in bands don't want to just acknowledge reality. You're a goth band, dude. You sing sets. I mean, you still to this fucking day have your black hair sticking up with makeup on. You're a fucking goth band. You just embrace it at this point. Like it's, it's not going to change at this point just because you don't like the title. But I will say that the first album The Cure made is one of the worst things that I've ever had to listen to for an episode of this podcast. So maybe the reason Robert Smith gets mad when people started calling them a goth band is what he was trying to do was be the worst band that anyone had ever heard. We're the worst band. We're not a goth band. <laughs> We're not a goth band. We just suck. P.S. Even he has admitted that he hates this album and hated it the whole time he was making it too because like he didn't have creative control or whatever. So mm. if you like it, I'm super not sure what's wrong with you. And it's true. Robert Smith may have intentionally set about ripping off New Order on pop songs like The Walk to be able to technically claim that The Cure is not only a goth band, but A, New Order is an honorary goth band, and B, The Cure is a fucking goth band. Yeah. Goth band. Yeah. Listen to the song In Between Days and Dreams Never End, or listen to the song The Walk after listening to Blue Monday by New Order. And if you think Blue Monday isn't getting played at goth night, you've never been to goth night. I always find it interesting when bands, this is actually very common. This is super common. When bands deny or don't want to be what they are. It's yeah. the only reason anyone cares about your band I is know. that you're a goth band. It's like the selling point, bro. Nashville has a goth night and it's literally called Fascination Street. Yeah. What is he like pissed? Does he look at like all the goth posters around the country? Cause they're all named after cure songs and just get pissed. Have you ever been to that thing? Yeah. That's like the real one. Oh yeah. It's real. Like yes. we're talking dudes showing up in leather trench coats yes. or velvet capes, top hats, a cane, like a 23 year old yeah. dude with a walking stick. Fascination. She's like real hardcore goth shit. I feel like I can be comfortable in just about any situation and definitely many times if I went to Fascination Street, I was like, I don't know, this may be a bad idea. 
I was at one of those things one time and some dude walked up with like a plastic cup. Hmm? Yeah. I was like, no, no, I don't know what's in that. Shit. Fuck you. No way. Absolutely fucking not. I'm no not chance. drinking what's in that cup. I, I'm I'm okay with my life. <laughs> I don't know if you are. I don't, what I would love to know what he wants the band to be labeled. What is it? What is the label that he wishes they were? I think he says that we're the cure music. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, we, we have a whole genre. It's like, okay, that's weird that you have a whole genre that's named after your band because there are a lot of bands from before your band that sound a lot like your fucking band and people call it all goth music. Okay. If any, in any other form of art, if you're like an abstract painter yeah. or you paint a certain way. No, it's not abstract to me. Exactly. It's not abstract to me. Right. It's I like, know what it is. Oh, no, that's photorealistic. And people are like, no, I, no, it's not. It, no, well, it is. It's paper mache. You're literally painting. It's paper mache. Well, agree to disagree, okay? I should say there is supposedly some proof that The Cure recorded the song The Walk prior to New Order recording Blue Monday, but then The Cure claims to have lost the original master tapes of the song. Oh, shit. But, and so, like, even if that is true, which, fine, fucking maybe it's true. Even if that's true, and even if New Order weren't performing the song Blue Monday way before they recorded it at the same venues where these guys were all hanging out, yeah. New Order got about halfway to Blue Monday on an earlier song called Video 586. So, no no matter how you slice this, The Cure wasn't doing it first. And if you think a song like Figurehead on pornography would sound anything like the way it does without Joy Division releasing the album closer two years earlier, nothing you have to say about music is ever going to matter to anyone else because you're wrong. What does it matter? Why can't people in the music creative space, really in the whole business for that matter, just be honest? Why not just say yeah, we love their music, so we wanted to make similar sounding. You could, you, you could still do your own spin on it. Even people who will admit it, even fans who will admit that The Cure was derivative at the start, they'll be like, yeah, but they moved past that. Except they fucking didn't, though, man. When did they move past The it? same deep water as you from Disintegration sounds like Robert Smith asked Peter Hook if they had any unreleased demos from the Closer session. That's just a Joy Division song that Joy Division never got around to recording for what I hope are very obvious reasons. Also, if you're not a goth band, please explain why you make sure your hair and face look like Susie Sue before leaving your house every time you leave your house. I've seen a ton of shit written by fans of this band who pretend that Robert Smith was only a member of the Banshees after The Cure really got going in like in the 80s. But that's bullshit. He was on tour with Susie and the Banshees in 1979 in the band prior to the writing or recording of 17 Seconds, what he acknowledges as the first real Cure album. And which he's also acknowledged is basically him trying to rip off Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. Oh, I want to be in a band like this now. And there's a whole ass documentary on The Cure, which Severin from the Banshees talks about Robert changing his entire look and stage presence to be more like Susie. It's exactly what happened. It's, I think it's the fact that he denies the fact that he's like a goth kid. Right. That, that's what bothers me about it. It's like, dude, look at you. And I probably wouldn't, we wouldn't even acknowledge how he looks as ridiculous as he did if he just acknowledged the fact that he's a fucking, however old he is, goth grown ass man that looks like a kid that listens to nothing but the cure. And I do get that the rules, the fashion rules of goth were not exactly codified when the cure and these bands decided they were going to dress this way. And the like goth fashion dress code got figured out later. But 
it is absolutely on you if you keep making yourself look this way yeah, after yeah, that yeah. happens. You don't get to be annoyed when people call you goth. It's like if you were the first dude to start shaving your head and wearing white laces on combat boots and then refuse to stop doing it when white supremacists took the look, but then you get annoyed when everyone thinks that you're a racist. <laughs> it's exa- I was going to go with the Mohawk, but yes, it's exactly the same. Exactly. Maybe you liked white laces on your combat boots for just like, you just like the way it looked, but after it becomes that thing, it's right. fucking that thing. Yeah. You're wearing the goth tuxedo at this point. So why are you pretending like it's not? That's what it is. This band has a maximum of five songs that don't make some kind of reference to a mouth doing something. This is one of those things that's definitely going to fuck up your enjoyment of this band. So I'm sorry if you're legitimately a Cure fan, but once you notice this, you're never going to not notice it. The lyrics of every song are about talking or kissing or smiling, or there will be a reference to a voice or a whisper. This guy is completely obsessed with mouths. This band should have been called The Mouths. <laughs> it kind of sounds like a cool punk band. And then as far as the way that this band sounds, it sounds like a guy heard the talking heads, saw a show by the band Wire, knew he'd never do anything as good as either one of them, and got sad enough about it to start a whole band. Robert Smith may be one of the most legitimately bummed out dudes in the history of popular music. Dude just seems straight sad 100% of the time. Maybe he's not, but definitely comes off that way. Even like this, the upbeat songs still have like a sadness to them. Oh, I got it's so like, many notes on it's that. It's like, <laughs> it's such a, a, a wildly unique thing about the cure is really upbeat song. And it's still somehow the most depressing fucking song you've ever listened to in your life. How is that humanly possible? This song is like, and you're just like, oh, okay, this is sad. How am I sad? This is supposed to be happy. And it's somehow sad. It is. I mean, if you have arachnophobia, definitely do not go watch the music video for the song Lullaby. That song exists as a result of the bedtime stories Robert Smith's father would tell him as a kid, which were evidently so scary, they caused robert as a young boy to have this recurring dream where a big spider was eating him Mm. i mean i don't know what kind of dad does this to his kid british people are definitely just real fucked up in a lot of ways that's nowhere near their darkest song obviously the entire album pornography is about as nihilistic as music with any pop sensibility can be the band was getting all these bootleg videos with faces of death type stuff on it, just mm-hmm. like watching murders or staged murders, depending upon which faces of which, death, uh, which one it was. Sure. And they're like watching that while hating each other, drinking too much, doing shitty drugs. I think that he said that they recorded some of the vocals in this awful, disgusting bathroom just because of how nasty it was, purposefully cultivating this vibe i mean if it's possible for an album to have evil contained within it then that album certainly is evil i'm shocked that anybody would call this band a goth band i'm shocked that anybody (laughs) would say the cure this thing i've spent majority of my life creating is a goth band gee how the fuck did they come to that conclusion robert what's funny is they're trying to cultivate this vibe to a degree it is successful but it also is so puny in comparison to the things that they're talking about if you go listen to that curism band thing yeah, it's on yeah. soundcloud yeah. soundcloud curism uh what like c-u-r-e-z-u-m 
the cover that that guy, I think maybe band does of the song hundred years. That's how that song should sound. Like right. if this is the song that you're trying to write, that's the way that it should sound. It should not sound like the way that the cure played it. It should sound like this black metal cover yeah. band played it. I think if the cure was the black metal band, like if Curism was actually the cure, we wouldn't even have to be able to do this episode. Like this is pretty fucking sick and dark. Some true heavy metal shit. I would love it if it was one of the guys who had been in this band at some point. And like, he was like, you know what? Fuck it. This is this is what I was thinking about the whole time. So I'm just going to do it. If we get an email from Robert Smith being like, that's actually me, motherfuckers. We'll delete this episode. I would love it if he just came out oh, at a show shit. one time. What if he does abandon the whole look, rolls out on stage in acid-washed jeans, a tucked-in t-shirt, and a baseball cap? All right, all you sad fucks out there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you ready to get bumped out? Woo! <laughs> just thinking about it. Y'all ready to take some beer? Woo! <laughs> if they saw him smiling watching rugby with his hair looking normal and shorts on, it would just wreck their whole well, shit. I also love to think about that in terms of his entire persona. What if he's not this sad? For real. Any interview that you read, there, there was the thing that went viral, kind of viral in music world where they were inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and on the red carpet on the way in. This super bubbly girl interviews him. Are, are you so excited? And he's like, I mean, we just showed up. We've got to play tonight. I mean, like, not really. No, kind of don't have any respect for this establishment <laughs> at all. So yeah. like, no. What if it's an act? Have you seen the... There were two magic movies. I can't remember which one it is. I think The Prestige is the Christopher Nolan oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So yeah, yeah. they go to see the act of the old, I think he's Chinese, the old Chinese guy who has the like water bowl act. They go to study it and see how he does it and everything. And then later out back, they're watching him get into the carriage and walking with a cane and all feeble and everything. One of them says to the other one, this is the trick is that he acts old and it's not actually an old right. feeble man. He's right. actually a young that's man the trick. who's strong and that's that's how he can do the trick. What if that's Robert Smith's whole fucking thing? Anytime the makeup is on, it's almost like a visual reminder. Like if he sees his reflection in a mirror or yeah. something, it's like, oh, sure. make, makeup on, sad, sad Bob. Yeah. Not happy Bob, sad Bob. Yeah. He lives on the beach. Real sad people don't live on the beach. He lives on the beach. There's some yeah. interview where he talks about he makes a reference to the beach and the person interviewing him is like, really the beach. I cannot imagine you being on a beach. And Robert yeah. Smith's like, Oh, I live on the beach. Yeah. This guy fucked around and accidentally got a tan. It would end his career. Oh shit, dude. He for sure. If they're going on tour, he's like, honey, I want to go to the beach. You know, I can't get a tan. Sunblock is a tax write off for this dude. Sure. Every goth person in the world is, he is sad. He's really, really, really sad. <laughs> yeah. How dare you say he's not sad? <laughs> I think in real in real life, I think this dude bros down watching soccer games and drinks beer and is just a guy. And that's I'm sure that's mind blowing to someone who just yes. wants him to be this alien from Planet Sad or whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah, I think he's just like a regular dude who's also legitimately bummed out most of the time. But again, British. So kind of par for the course. Sure. Or yeah. whatever fucking game they play over there. <laughs> Yo, do me a favor real quick. If you're listening to this podcast, which uh, you are, what you're obviously f- listening to this podcast. Oh, you think they're listening to the podcast right now? They're still listening. <laughs> yeah, I 
Guess they're listening, yeah. We really need you to subscribe. Wherever you're listening, hit the subscribe button. Definitely make sure you're subscribed. We've got merch now. What, shirts and pins and stickers and stuff? Yeah, on the website. Go to our website, yfbspod.com. Just do it. Just do it. That would be a good slogan for something. we should make a shirt. Okay. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So one of the comments we're going to get, it, because we're saying that all these songs are sad, is a ton of people are going to come at us and tell us that The Cure changed direction at a certain point and consciously leaned into making dumb pop songs. But the type of shit that this band put in their heads to make that pornography album is not the kind of shit that ever goes away. Doing that changes you fundamentally sure. on a cellular level. This is who these people are from now on. Once you start making decisions like that. And the thing about all those dumbass pop songs, unless we're talking about the extra dumb shit like love cats, which is obviously designed to be as nonsensical as anything in the musical cats, then this narrative just really doesn't hold up. Most fans probably lump that love cat song in with all the popular songs like let's go to bed. And they hear the way that a song like let's go to bed sounds and they yeah. believe it is a cute song about fucking because of the title. But if you look at the lyrics, it is definitely a song about being sad, sad about everything, sad about life, sad that relationships are pointless and literally just wanting to go lie in bed instead of doing anything else. This like, is not a song about <laughs> fucking. It's like, let's go lay in bed. It's let's go to bed and cry. Being alive sucks. Yeah. That's the point of the song. Hold me while I cry myself to sleep. The big hit from the album Wish, Friday I'm in Love, might look a lot like a love song based on the title, but the gist of that love song is that love doesn't last and it doesn't matter because nothing matters and the guy's just going to start the cycle over again. By Monday, he's like, exactly. it's done. Fuck it. Yes, every Friday I fall in love. Not like a love song at all. Basically, it's talking about one night stands. It's disposable emotion. Yes. Hot, hot, hot is straight up a rewrite of Friday I'm in Love in a different musical genre. You think this one is a love song, but the lyrics contain three separate stories about how in the end, quote, everything went black, end quote. But because there's like a fake trumpet and this guy's trying to sing like a Muppet for some fucking reason, everyone thinks it sounds fun. Fun party song. Meanwhile, there's like one person in the corner that is like listening to the lyrics. Looking around the room like, is anybody actually paying attention to what he's saying? It's making me uncomfortable. But just like heaven, that's got to be a sweet love song, right? Just like heaven. Sure. If by love song, you mean one about a guy going to a cliff and thinking about how his girlfriend fell into the ocean below that cliff and drowned. Yeah. That's what the song's about. It's not a love song. But it's so pretty. Not a goth band. <laughs> I was going to say, definitely not a goth band. Whatever goth is. Whatever that idea of goth is, they're definitely not dead. I don't know what you're talking about. How could you say such a thing? What's weird, though, is there are so there are like maybe millions of people who completely miss all of this and associate the cure with romance and put songs by this band on back in the day, mix CDs, but now playlists for people just starting to date. And, oh, I'll make you a playlist. And they throw a cure song Dude. on there. Okay, this is, I bet the Venn diagram of people that watch Natural Born Killers and go, I want this like crazy love, but it's like, I actually, no, you're just a psychopath that wants to do psychopathic shit. If The Cure didn't exist, Natural Born Killers as a movie never would have been made. 
when you actually start talking to normal people like normies, well, they would rather listen to Dave Matthews band. Well, I get why, because it's not sad. Now your girlfriend's crying or your boyfriend's crying and you're not getting fucked tonight. So there goes your whole day. The chances of you going to a Dave Matthews concert and getting laid after are substantially higher than going to see The Cure or Nine Inch Nails or any band that falls into this like edgy category. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people who go to Cure shows are probably looking for some form of external validation. So there's probably some like weak ones you could pick off of the herd there. Yeah, man. <laughs> just be, be like half nice to him or honestly just mean you could probably just yeah. be mean to someone and they're like oh god that's so hot <laughs> that's true it's a bunch of like sadist <laughs> if i asked you to hit me you would hit me like real hard right not, like, not exactly a, not a bullshit hit say- are we talking bruises <laughs> it's possible the only love song this guy has written is love song from disintegration but that is an entire album about everything falling apart and he sequenced love song real early in the track list right before everything goes to shit on the song last dance so even that one is like all the other ones that are not actually really happy love songs if you put it in the context in which it was released the curious music is so sad it made me want to look up if robert smith and elliot smith are related but then i decided to just believe that's true you just accepted that. It the runs in the family, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's last name Smith. They're like depressing, sad shit. They're for sure related. I could see that. I am always amazed by people who just cannot sing, but decided they were going to be the singer of a band. What's going on when that happens? How did Robert Smith? I can't sing. Maybe we should start you, a band. You can dude. sing every one of these songs as oh, well as Robert well, Smith. That's, sings that's, that's, that's the thank you, Tyler. But that's a very low bar. Possibly the lowest bar. This is... Top five worst singers of all time that we've covered in this podcast. This Spider-Man is having me for dinner tonight. Oh, you're so cold. Cry, you remember? Oh. That. Oh. Yeah. If you could do that, you could be this. Oh. You could be the singer of this band. And once again, because of his inability to sing, so many people even somehow worse singers decided to go, well, he started a band and he can't sing for shit. And look at him. He looks ridiculous. I could do it. How did Robert Smith even come up with the idea of singing this way? There's no chance he opened his mouth on day one. And this is the singing voice that came out. Like, did he see some local band no one's ever heard of? And he was like, fuck, if that guy's doing that, I could do that. I figured it out. I figured it out. He squeezes his own balls. He probably like ties him off with a rubber yeah. band. Yeah, he does ball torture when he when he sings for sure. Probably something that was on one of the videotapes when they were watching. Yeah. Not, like I don't know if people yeah. realize the kind of shit that's out there that you can see video of people doing to themselves. But like, no, shit, do not, don't look. It's yeah, fucking terrible. Don't try to find God, out. It's the worst thing. One of the worst things that human beings have ever put out into the world. Real weird fetishes out there. Terrible shit. All I'm saying is I don't know for sure, but I think it's possible that he punches himself in the balls before he goes into the booth. Where's Robert? What's he doing? Oh, you know, he's doing his cock punches before he goes into the booth. Yes. This smashing on his balls. And he's like, oh, he's one of those singers like Elvis Presley in that there are a lot of times when I can't tell if he's legitimately trying to make fun of the fact that some person may choose to sing a song this way. So the song Close to Me, it sounds like he's making fun of the band that he's in. It sounds like he's making fun of the band, you for listening to it, everything, the idea. I could do whatever the fuck I want to in here and it doesn't matter because like people are going to listen to this. And yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally could 
say anything, sing it however I want to. This is kind of like the John Bonham squeaky kick pedal thing. So if you ever want to enjoy listening to the song Close to Me by The Cure ever again, then definitely fast forward what I'm about to say right now. But about two minutes and 30 seconds into that song, he does this thing that is so disgusting. You will never unhear it once you notice it. It is almost like the thing that Hannibal Lecter does when he says, I ate his liver with some uh, fava, fava beans, beans and a nice right? Chianti. Yeah. That thing he, that it sounds, and it sounds like he's doing it on purpose like for the effect of it. It doesn't, uh-huh. it doesn't sound like it's a, like a non-conscious byproduct of breathing in order to sing the next line. He sucks in air between his partially closed lips and it makes the spit at the corners of his mouth does this gurgling sound. It's like uh, two minutes, 30 seconds into the song. Listen to it. It will make you want to die. You will want to just not exist anymore as soon as you hear it. Oh, and if you're wondering why on earth he would do that in a song that you think is another poppy love song that this band did, it's because it's not. This is a song about hallucinating some monster head onto the wall of his childhood bedroom at night. That's what that song's about. The crazy thing is even just you, like, when you told me about it earlier, I actually got the chills, and you just now you doing it again, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, shiver up my it's, spine. It's the so absolute worst. Fucking gross. God, you know that he did it on purpose. Dude. It's unforgivable. Care. It almost made me want to... I didn't do this. I should have done this. There's a very real chance that this exists. Uh, if not, and you're an active member of a music forum or something, I wanted to like search message boards and see if there were any threads of just kind of like the John Bonham's squeaky kick pedal thing. Yeah, yeah. What are some accidental noises in songs that ruin them for you once you notice them yeah because this someone's had to have noticed this and talked about this Dude. before it can't be just me the only way you actually like pink floyd is if you've only listened to it sober because if you eat mushrooms and listen to pink floyd you will hear every single fucking noise and bullshit <laughs> that's recorded in that recording it's insane there's so much shit that you it's don't even know. Talking. Yes, yeah. it's just random bullshit. They just never fixed or edited it out. But like, I never noticed it sober. Everyone's a little crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it makes you feel crazy when you're tripping. Oh, just the thought of him doing the mouth thing still. It's going to ruin it forever. I'm never going to listen to that song ever again. You can't. And then the other thing about when, when a band has a singer like this, I always think that one of the reasons why it's so popular is everyone who listens to this can feel good about their own voice singing along to it. Oh, sure. That is a huge chunk of why people like this band. I can sing along to this band. Their biggest song is certainly Pictures of You, and the vocal melody of that song is almost literally one note the entire time. I've been looking so long at these pictures of you. Yeah. Just like over and over. It's like maybe two, three notes max, and the interval's real short. They're real close to each other. That's got to be why this is their most popular song, right? Yeah, yeah. Hewlett Packard, right? The camera company, or not camera company. The printer company. They made a camera and put this song in the commercial. And I just don't think it's a coincidence that it's the pick an octave, well, the same note over and over again, and you're doing at least as good of a job as the singer of this band is doing. This is definitely a huge reason why people love this band is because they can sing along to it. It almost sounds like he tracks vocals without listening to playback. Plugs his ears, not even listening to his own voice. Yeah. Does his cock torture, and then he takes his headphones and throws them off and goes, remember it? And people are like, 
what the fuck is he sync? Does he know what he sounds like? And they're like, no. Wouldn't you love to see the sales of Disintegration the year before the first season of South Park and the year after the first season of South Park? I don't remember. Oh, Robert Smith did a guest oh, appearance that's right, on the, that's right, the Barbara right. Streisand that's episode. Because right. the first season of South Park blew up immediately. When that shit came out, every, oh, yeah, it all, exploded. all middle schoolers and high Dude, schoolers the, who were also the target audience for oh, Disintegration. Shit. Sure. The, the anal probe episode blew everyone's fucking mind. Did you know that Robert Smith wouldn't speak to anyone in the studio while they were making disintegration and all the only way that he would communicate is by writing notes on pieces of paper and then handing them to someone when he wanted them to do something again. <laughs> I'm kidding. Some of the most dickhead behavior that we've ever Jesus. come across. Again, I am shocked that nobody stays in this band the whole time. How could anybody quit the cure? <laughs> well, I don't know, dude. You fucking tell me. All right, first of all, you got to watch this video of this dude getting a nail pounded into his ball sack. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not even going to talk to you about it. I'm just going to write down the instructions. Watch ball sack oh, torture shit. video. <laughs> and now we're going to make an album. Robert, what's the, what are the lyrics to this song? Shut up. Yeah, the lyrics are shut the fuck up, idiot, and play yeah. your fucking instrument. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. I would have loved to have been in the studio with this bad recording stuff. First of all, not talking to anybody is hilarious. Singing like an asshole is even funnier. So then what that means in that situation, when you join this band, you know you're essentially signing up as a hired gun. You're basically an employee. Yeah. So you get a job and your new boss won't talk to you. <laughs> Also, did he call a band meeting and announce that he was not going to be speaking to them? Or do they just show up one day and he's got a fucking stack of index cards? Like, right. what are we doing? Pre-written? Like, Hold on. Is there, are, is there a quiz? Are we doing a test? Like, flashcards? <laughs> what's, what's up? No, no, no. He doesn't talk. He had to have also, I would assume, I'm just like running through my mind of like the mechanics of how this would actually work if you were only going to communicate by writing stuff down. He must have had a group of five or ten cards that were the most common. Like, he definitely was oh, just sure. walking around with yes. a card that said yes, yes no. one that said no, yeah. one that said I don't know, yeah. or maybe. Like, yeah. those for sure. And then what What else? Play less card probably yeah, yeah, yeah. would be sure. in there. Sure. It's like the worst possible version of Brian Eno's Oblique <laughs> Strategies cards. Are you quitting? <laughs> yeah, so, are, you, are you ready to quit yet? Yes, exactly. One of them. He just holds one up and the dude's yeah. like, pick up dry cleaning later. Oh, yeah. fuck. Not that one. That was actually Sorry, a, that was a note to myself. I got to think it would be super depressing to show up to the first day of recording and you're the new guy in the band. And, you know, this is the bullshit you got to deal with. I want to check the lyrics on this, on all the songs on Disintegration now and see if he's writing everything that he communicated. If he's writing it all down, that's a ton of written words in the studio at a certain point when he's coming up with lyrics. I got to think that he would just start flipping through them and be like, oh, I'll just use this. I'll just yeah. use this. Yeah. The thing about disintegration as an album, it's really front loaded as an album. Prayers for Rain, The Same Deep Water as You, and Untitled are all way too long to be this sad. As a song, you can either be this sad or this long, but not both. You cannot be an eight minute long song about just being fucking depressed on an album with like five other eight minute long 
songs. Just way too miserable for its own good. The same deep water as you specifically. If you don't skip that song when you listen to Disintegration, something's wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry for whatever's happening in your life. And then if you don't skip everything they wrote after that album, <laughs> yeah, uh, what the fuck are you doing? Like the definition of a band that should have called it quits or at least the, did the Rolling Stones thing. You just tour now. Like after you make this album, basically universally loved. Everyone tells you it's the best thing that A, you're ever going to do. And B, a lot of people will say it's the best thing that anyone ever did. That, that dude, homie on South Park obviously thinks that. Disintegration is the best album ever. Just stop. If that's your masterpiece, quit. Yeah. Maybe there's something to when you just uh, make nothing but sad, shitty music. It's really hard to keep. Okay. There's say there's like uh, four people in a band in the beginning. Each four people are living their lives and they're rock stars. Now at some point, one of them does enough drugs or gets enough therapy or does enough like antidepressants where he goes, dude, this is just, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just sad. Well, he does that after every tour. He has disbanded this group four or five times. Right. And I, you, can't, you can't blame him. Dude, this is depressing. I want to do something else with my life, you know? I did want to point one thing out. I have never seen this addressed anywhere. So if anybody has ever listened to the Dead Cities album by the band M83 all the way through to the end and they couldn't place where they knew the bells from the secret song. Those bells are from the very beginning of Plain Song. If you listen to the beginning of Plain Song for a second, that's where M83 got that idea. It took me a long time to figure that out about 15 years ago. And I'm sure that I just did a huge favor to, to the five that's people been that driving them crazy. still listen to M83. Your favorite band is The Cure. Your favorite band sucks! You are welcome for listening to your favorite band sucks. I know it's sad the episode is over, but try to look on the bright side of things. Someone out there is probably going to make that Diskankagration cover album. And hey, even if they don't, Mark and I have been recording episodes the whole time we were gone. And we've got a pretty serious roster of shows lined up for you. So let us know you still love us by going to shop.yfbspod.com to buy some merch. And we'll let you know how much we always love you. By returning in a couple weeks with an episode about how much the band Fish sucks.